Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galina. Henrietta is still out on medical leave. Uh, if you would all please keep her in your thoughts as she recovers from her illness, but she will be back with us soon. But in the meantime, I will continue my veteran talent series of the next few weeks. And I am so thrilled to have my next guest, who is stylist and image maker Lisa Cooper, Hi. as our guest this week. Hello, Lisa Cooper. Welcome to the conversations. Uh, thank you so much. And, and uh, I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be here, being that you are pretty much my all-time favorite image collector and image maker. Uh, it's, it's an honor to talk to you about anything, really. <laughs> well, Lisa, you know, we have history. You have been, <laughs> when, um, when I conceived of this series, I have to confess that you were at the top of my list in, uh, in one of the conversations that I wanted to have. Because Lisa, I mean, we have to recognize this moment, the time that we're living in fashion is undergoing a serious reckoning. But for you, that's a bit of an old, <laughs> that's a bit of an old news. You have been confronting this industry for some time, Lisa. And I want to get, I want to flesh all of that out because I would, I, I want to know what you feel in this time when everyone is speaking, everyone is on their soapbox, everyone has something to say about what's been going on for however number of years. But a number of years ago, you have been talking and you talked and you kept talking about the fuckery, at least some of the fuckery that has taken place in this industry. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to break down some of that history, talk about what's going on now and just sort of really flesh out your very long and very, very colorful history in this industry, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. well, I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're gonna I thought go it was a Q and A. <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into that right now, and let's sort of set this stage. Let's set the stage, Lisa. What I want to know from you is, what does playing the fashion game historically mean to you? Okay. Well, first, first, it's we don't have to bring up the fact that it is a. It's obviously gone through so many changes and and so many uh, ups and downs and lows and highs. But for me, I think the basis of why I am so attracted to fashion, to beauty, to the creative process of making these insane images that, quite frankly, inspire all of us, is that it was always deeply set in my observation of other people's style and ability to perform and to, to entertain in a weird way entertaining the eye, entertaining the, the, the sense of self. And there's nothing, I'm, there's, you know, the dopamine you receive by looking at it, the most amazing image that actually inspires you. Uh, it's a, it's a huge turn on. And I think that was how I, I stepped into fashion by accident. I came in through the nightclubs and, and the, the scene of New York in the eighties. So I had a very, very specific visual and a very specific history myself. So it was very easy to come into a world that was just starting to create itself. Was that a long, blown-out answer? 
Uh, it was it was a very good one, actually. You're setting the stage quite nicely here. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a stage and I'll set it. Um, literally. Uh, and so that's kind of, I think, how how I, at least in the beginning, really stepped into a, a world that was unknown. There was no such thing as celebrity stylists. I think Andrea Lieberman and I pretty much, we set up the court ourselves and it came from just knowing and being a part of a cultural time, a time capsule in a way, you know, the eighties were the eighties. And for me, the seventies and eighties were, were a very important part of how we look at fashion and the world today. Now I'm not, I'm, you know, it's no joke seeing what this pandemic has sort of shown us also about the fact that, you know, nothing that we had been setting up was sustainable in a sense. Mm. So that's where we are now trying to re and it's the best place to be. Once everything burns down to the ground and you're dealing with the ashes, that's the nutrients to start and grow something new. And here we are. Well, it's funny because you you're you speak of this fashion game really as on a on a very creative level. It's funny. I was just like I had to sort of like clear my ears a little bit. I was just like, oh wait a minute. Is she talking about like inspiration and like iconic imagery and that sort of thing? Like these are things that we don't we don't hear anymore. You know, like you literally you you stake this in a in a in a creative foundation. But how has and you started you you started um talking about a bit of this, but um break it down a bit further, Lisa, for me as to how the playbook has changed, let's say, over the last couple of decades. Okay. So I mean, first of all, I can only tell from, you know, my point of view, but I also have a pretty rich uh, history and and you know I've always delved deeply into the history of fashion itself. I think what's happened over the last, I mean, I think it's when the corporate hands started to buy everything up. And then mm-hmm. now the game is based a lot in money and getting paid and, and, you know, sponsorship and now, now God forbid influencers. And, and really, I think the, the fun of fashion was taken out in, in that respect for me personally. I also feel that you know, I feel we just make, we have, I'll give you a great example. The other day I went and someone was like, you need to go on the real, real and see. And I just started going through this. Just, I just put in boots. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. running through this like page and page and page and page of the same thing over and over again. And it's all fucking crap. Sorry. It, I mean, it, it it's just, it's unbelievable what we've, what we've allowed to happen. And it's absolutely unsustainable on two levels, financially unsustainable, but also like creatively and most definitely spiritually, you know, there's no, someone asked me the other day, what's cool. You know, what's cool. What's a secret. <laughs> if it's a secret, it's cool. If it, if it, if it and I'm not saying it like life is basically not cool, but you know, we're, I think, I think there is the opportunity right now to change the quote unquote game of fashion by going back to the roots of, of, of what it really is about style, showmanship, creativity, music, art, all of it wrapped together. We have the opportunity to go back to that instead of worrying about how much sales we're going to do or how many sneakers we're going to release or how much plastic we're going to produce. Like I, but wait, but Lisa, but hold on. Lisa, I got to interrupt yeah, you there. Please. I got to stop you there. Please. You know, we have gone so... I'm also romantic, so I get it. 
<laughs> well, I'm a romantic as well, and I, you know, I have to say, I share a lot of your a lot of your views on on the industry. But I also question myself, and I also don't have the answers to 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 many many of these questions. Mm. But you know, you're talking about style and showmanship and creativity and all of those sort of lofty ideas surrounding fashion and almost fashion of another age mm. now that you you know you mentioned the disruption in this industry um, because of money marketing sales all of that kind of stuff have we not gone so far down that lane like I, 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 in a way you express something optimistic to me that we can go back to a place where style and creativity and showmanship in that way um, matters and can replace this kind of the economics that has um, that has taken over fashion. But I, I, is that even possible? Well, you know, I, I live by something very specifically. The past is a memory. The future is a fantasy. And the only place you can actually re really create is in the present moment. So I don't know if I'm saying we need to go back. I think what we need, to, well, first of all, I think there's a couple of things. I think number one, we have to understand that that fashion is, is, is another art form that needs to be supported and sustained by, by uh, not just by our philanthropic friends and family, but supported by, the, the, by our own, it should be supported by education. It should be, the, the school should be respected, but there should be, it's almost like mm. you could say it's going back, but no, I think it's going forward. To bring back the education and the poetry within fashion and the art of making fashion. And I think um, this comes to a bigger picture of what do we place value on to begin with? So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> in, in, in saying that, it's, it's a, what's that word I just love so much? Systemic. It's a systemic uh -huh. problem when we, when, when overall taste was taken, at, taste and style was taken out of fashion. And I'm not, and I'm saying we need to bring taste and style back into everything we do. And I think that is also what we as a community, and I'm going to go real deep here for a second, especially as the, 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 um, the, the real fashion community community mm -hmm. has always been predominantly of color. Who do you think is making all of this stuff? Okay. Who you, you know, who do you think is, is really the ones that you're trying to sell it to? Yeah, you can, you know, if we're really going to be honest. So it's, so it's it's almost like we have to go back and put the real value on the work, the time, the energy, the education. Just because you have an Instagram and someone told you you were cute does not make you a stylist, does not make you an influencer. Quite frankly, probably at this point, you're part of the problem. No offense. You don't know. <laughs> they don't even know. The kids really don't know anymore. And I think I got tired of being the one that was always screaming about like, you know, I, you know, I'm famous for like, I've got a really crazy photographic memory. So I, you know, I can, I can look at something and tell you exactly where it came from, who did it first, why they did it, where they did it, what they did right after. But in saying that, that's part of, that's, that's the, the root, the basis, the, the, the booky dirt to, to really put our new seeds of creativity in and our new ideas and let that grow. And the key to that, and, and you guys have touched on this quite a bit, is really looking at the young new creatives that are coming up all over the place. That's the best thing about uh, social media is the talent, the pure talent that is just flowing in so many young people right now. We need to, we need to support them. We need to financially support them. We need to definitely support them with education and, and, and possibilities 
and we have to we have to place value on the real work. Well, I, I, I think this is I think this is such an important such an important point of discussion for the and in many ways the ways that you the the things that you've been talking about the the ills in this industry that you've been speaking about for a number of years at the time when you were doing so it was unpopular and oh, yeah. I have to tell you probably in, ruined probably ruined my career actually but uh, well we'll we'll somebody's we'll got to take a bullet. And and I do understand that, and we're going to delve further into that for for sure. But in many ways, how you are speaking now, I dare say, Lisa, it it sounds almost as radical when you're speaking about where we place our values. And I say that I say it sounds radical because no one is speaking in those ways in this industry. What is most important is one latest post and how many likes. And whatever the engagement and how many comments is 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 on said um said image mm-hmm. or said video, that's mm-hmm. kind of where we are. No one is talking about the poetry around the education, around respecting schools, or any of these taste and style things that you speak about. That's not in the that's not a part of the conversation right now. Things are moving so quickly and things are being sort of qualified by likes in a nanosecond that mm. none of this, none of these other goals are being, are being worked on. So I, I, I want to focus on you, <laughs> you espousing, you know, this, this sort of thinking at this stage. I, again, Lisa, I don't think that it is the energy that is currently in this industry. And how are we going to get there if you are leading with these sentiments as the most important right now in this business? I think, I think there's a lot of, well, first of all, there's a lot of, let's start with, I'm not being paid by anybody, so I can say whatever I want, right? I'm not afraid to lose my job. I'm not afraid to lose my position. I'm not afraid to step forward and say like, hey, you know, this is, this feels, this is off, this is wrong, or this is, this is literally dangerous or unsafe. There's so many, I mean, you know, just in production alone, I, I, I and I don't like to talk in fields that I'm not an expert in, you know, let's say, I mean, I'll talk, I'll key key all day privately, but it's, it's also, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but it's that thing of we're all so busy trying to get to this place that I frankly doesn't exist, that we are and we've been we've been sort of conditioned. I mean, just as black people or brown people or red people alone, we've been conditioned to think that we just have to be working so hard and struggling so hard and and fighting so hard that actually you don't get to enjoy just the simple flow of the sleeve on that blouse. Like, uh-huh. you know, we're, we're missing out on the shit that made it worth it to begin with. I talked to Karen Binns about this a lot. Oh. You know, this is somebody who literally can look at anything and find the beauty in it and uses it in the work that she does. I mean, to me personally, she's one of the most creative creatives I've ever seen on this planet. And the fact that she isn't heralded Heralded is a crime in fashion. And I, I, I know Karen as well. I know Karen well, and I, I second that motion. And I also would apply that to, I would apply that to your I, thought, Lisa. Yeah, I would apply it to so many. But here's, and this reason I bring it up is, now we have the opportunity and all this keying and talking and chatting. You know, I want to hear what she has to say. I want to know what she sees in her eye. And I want to know it before it's too late. And I say that because if we keep running so fast, we're getting, all the yummy bits of what we do is disappearing. And it's because we're, quite frankly, too busy fighting amongst ourselves. Now, 
you know, and I mean that on in all in a much bigger picture. You know, there's so many amazing stories, and I think that's why I, I enjoy this podcast that you're doing. This pod, there's another great podcast that's more around street street fashion, but I I appreciate people really like breaking it down because that's how we we place new and interesting, new and interesting, uh, not interesting, new and worthy value in and around something in and around in and around what we do first of all because also you know what i love about fashion is it's continuously continuously changing mm-hmm. and and i'm really loving what you know a lot of people are doing as far as like i think this position we're in now of covid and realizing number one that you don't need 17 sneakers because you ain't going anywhere anyway as <laughs> really as it's really going to change up the game of like how we express ourselves where we express ourselves how can we you know what are we and 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 it's also a real sign of the time, like where people see their own value and how, and, you know, do you, you know, like it reminds me of the 80s again, quite frankly, you know, you, you were incredibly fashionable, but you weren't spending $1,500 on a pair of shoes. You didn't have to because the shoes that you had on were so stylish because it was about how you wore them, not where you bought them. 100%. But you know, what I'm hearing in your voice is as the criticism is still there, but I'm hearing yeah. a fair amount of optimism as well, Lisa. You seem to have, you know, quite a bit invested in the current culture and what youth culture can offer to the the, the wider industry. Uh, please expand on that. Well, I mean, if, if you haven't noticed that the industry of fashion is panicking right now, I mean, they can't get out the ads on Instagram quick enough of the fast fashion and the what. I mean, it's, we're just drowning in in shit, basically. <laughs> um, you know, and if everybody could get together and just pull back a little and take a take a take a more global look at what is really happening and what we can do to change it, it's going to. It's. It, I've been saying this for years, like, and everybody would make fun of me, but I was like, you know, the fashion industry needs to burn to the ground and start over. Because that's what fashion does. It tells the story of where we are and what we're doing at the moment. And right now, we don't have anybody, well, we do. We have a lot of people trying to tell the story, but we also have a lot of like crap in the way. And, you know, I think that's where we are right now. We're clearing our decks and, and really, um, and, and it's going to take a lot of soul searching inside, but we're really starting, even in this conversation we're having now, we're starting to. To, to share and bit, we have to share and build together because this like, and that's another thing that happened to the industry. I mean, when did it became so competitive once you had to start making these numbers and hit these marks when, you know, everybody, it, it's music did the same thing. It really, we have to start creating together again. And I love it, or at least starting to talk about it. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but I highly mm-hmm. advise that you take a look at, at you know, what others are doing in the same field and the same energy and the same love that you have, and then call them up and do something together. That's where we are right now. And by the way, I mean that literally and figuratively. Now, have we... Anything you just asked, because I went off on a tangent, but I do that. (laughs) But but, but no, well, but you're, 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 you're giving morsels and um, I'm here for it. So I'll definitely take it. (laughs) Now, Lisa, Lisa, have we lost the need for authority in fashion? The need Is that the authority. illusion? <laughs> That's a great question. No, I think, you know, look, 
I think one of the one of the the art of communication is also have you know is working amongst your boundaries. But I think I, I thought I think we still are greatly in need of teachers and leaders and elders and seers, those mm-hmm. that saw it, felt mm-hmm. for it, and are still here. We need to first of all. I mean, the fact that nobody's done a documentary on Bianca Jagger, what the fuck is everybody doing? I don't give a shit about <laughs> any of these other ladies. I want to know. I want to walk into Diana Ross's closet right now with Tracy Ross. I want to get in there. I want to see what she collected. I want to know who cut it. She's a tiny little woman. How the fuck did you get this outfit to look like this? These are the things that we should be studying, looking at, loving right now. That's what I want to know. Inquiring <laughs> to know. Do I, do I really care what influencer number 207 is doing in the back porch of somebody's rented house with her crazy friends? No, I don't. Oh my God. So, well, but who, who's holding the key to the culture right now? You know, that's a great arguably- <laughs> I think there's two sides. I think, okay, so there's a whole, the best thing about the pandemic is the fact that I've been saying it for years. There will always be an underground. Kids will always have, a scene that they are developing and making and becoming a part of. And there's a lot of that going on right now in the Queens, in the, you know, uh, who's holding the key? They're holding the key to everything. Kids. Mm. Quite frankly, I say it all the time. I don't have time to tell people what they're doing and how they're doing it. I only want to concentrate on my nieces and my nephews and on our young people because they are the ones that are like going to be killing the game. Once we get rid of all these old guards and these old white men and all these people that think they're actually holding the key, as you put it, as soon as they go into the next realm, this world is going to shift in ways you've never seen before. And we're starting to take the power away from them. And I say we, because it's a we. We're starting mm-hmm. to shift that power right now. To And, and I, again, we need to give all of our love, our money, and our support to young people as they go through this next 10 years. I, and I can tell you, I can I look on Instagram on a daily basis and just find new, interesting talent. What's going on right now in the makeup world, in the hair cutting world? Jesus Christ! Oh. And it's funny, it's because it, I I delve as you know I'm in that space as well, and I see an incredible, incredible amount of um of creativity and newness in the in the in that space. First without a doubt, across the globe as well. Like, and it's so easy to find one's tribe, whether you're existing in Moscow, St. Petersburg, or you're in Tulum or Jamaica, wherever the case may be, you can link in a nanosecond. And that's really actually quite, quite encouraging. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm particularly encouraged, as I said, by this optimistic bent of yours, but I kind of want to go back a little Hold bit on. Can to- Can I interrupt you for one second? I just have to Please. say something because you brought it up. So what you do on Instagram, and I mean, and you've been doing it, it as far as I'm concerned from the very beginning, this, this uh, trip that I can take through your eye and your imagination, through the photography and the work and the time that, that are going into these images that you are then putting on Instagram, you see that I repost your stuff pretty much on a daily basis. It is vitally important. It is the reason that I that I even have Instagram is to be is to see this kind of work and this kind of commitment and this kind of artistry. And that is that's going back to what I was saying about about knowing the worth and the and the the artistry that that people are still 110% producing 
and uh, and we and that is my that that is why I still care. Because otherwise, I can tell you, I, I have no problem walking. And I did. I walked away from this business uh, in because it just was like, quite frankly, the most unhealthy atmosphere I'd, I'd ever seen at that point. And but I'm mm-hmm. also, but I'm also like the crazy old auntie lady that like I'll slap somebody for saying, you know, for disrespecting our history and our and our achievements in in this in this in, in this world that is quite frankly. At the t- you know through the two thousands was one of the hardest places to be if you had if you were aware of uh, your your worth and your value. Woo, that would that brought it back to a circle. Well, absolutely, absolutely. But again, you know, it just became acceptable for one to air any any sort of grievance about anything related to to this industry. And mm. I, I and and I'll and I'll move on from this opinion making after this, but yeah. I have to ask you Please. when did an honest opinion get recasted as as hating? Um I think it I think it's I think it's two sided. First of all, I think a really a good a, a true opinion and and let's also say the history of like you know I have an opinion because I was there for the first 60 times let's say when I think a big shift in in the the perspective of of, a, of you say authority I'll say of of education was was quite frankly when corporate took over fashion so you no longer were dealing with a bunch of creatives and creating together you now had to hit certain marks then there's the other side that social media with the like and dislike and the comments and the, that that kind of it, I called it trolling because my, my niece, my little sixteen year old niece, told me I was trolling her the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I'll troll you. Take that shit off your Instagram right now." <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> I, you know, I have codes to my niece's Instagrams. I, you should give me codes to any. You have some children. Give me the code to their Instagram because I will make sure that they keep that shit in line. Because it, it's you know it's a powerful tool, and there's a lot of a lot of crazy going on there. But that hate, that trolling, comes from the fact that you actually think that you read something, you got an opinion, and you're right. And it's also, you know, this this phone, this piece of poison that we're all so committed to. It's mm-hmm. it no longer acts as a phone. It's not a form of communication. It's just a form of, uh, quite frankly, brainwashing. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, because you know I'm also known to be a conspiracy theorist, except when then my conspiracies come true, and then I'm just the <laughs> asshole that talked about it first. Oh, you were prescient and you foreshadow. <laughs> <laughs> but Lisa, has the industry failed you? The industry has definitely not only failed me; it's failed itself. Ooh. But Ooh. but I I am so honored, and I've had some of the best experiences of my life. Through this career, I've had some of the, I've made some of the best and most amazing friends. I know you, I know Edward Buchanan, I know Andre Walker, I know Galliano. I knew, like, I got to spend time and talk and have discussion with Karl Lagerfeld. Like, who, who did that? And, and also, like, why is he talking to me? He's talking to me because, or he, all of us, because we were there, we had the history we were creating together and it was a different time in a different world. Is that going to happen now? I don't know. But what I do know is that it needed to crash and burn for it to rise like a phoenix. And it will. Because these, and, these kids are not going to, they're not, they're not taking any prisoners and they don't fucking care about our opinion. And I kind of like it. 
and I kind of like it too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, their heads, their headstrong, and they're just rollicking along and are very firm in their opinion making and and are just doing what they feel they need to do. And they're not asking for permission. They they don't want they they don't need not, it. They don't they don't need a sign off. Mm-mm, they don't need it. They don't want it. And I don't blame them. Nor, nor I, Lisa, nor I. Now, Lisa, Mm -hmm. was 2013 your year or that's what the headlines want us to believe? 2013? What year was that? That's the year you hear uh, there's a lot of talk of Rihanna. Your work with Rihanna. There's a lot of talk of your work with Beyonce. That's where where all the headlines seems to have percolated. (laughs) Tons of headlines percolated around around Lisa Lisa Cooper during this year. I think 2013 was a kind of difficult for many other reasons but i mean it it depends i really feel my year year was 1986 because i was cute and didn't give a fuck and had nine <laughs> jobs and was like you know hanging out with Keith herring and i was at paradise garage so that was really oh see year. okay but, okay and then i think again 9 11 was a huge shift around belinda had just had a baby we had a small toddler in the house i was leaving the club business and becoming a stylist more like uh, 1997, 1998 is when I kind of stepped out of nightlife and moved in, more into fashion. And by the way, completely at a suggestion, didn't even know what I was doing. We, back then, you, you fake it to make it. So I think that was but, a big year but, for me career-wise because it just, it opened up a whole new world. And I think we have to talk about, you know, we have to talk about those those times and sort of like the natural evolution for a lot of people, um, a lot of us in fashion. You know, I worked in nightlife as well. You know, I was working at, at the coffee shop. I'm sure you, oh, you remember I was the coffee there shop days. bothering you on a daily. <laughs> okay, hello. And like coming out of that nightlife restaurant hipster culture and um and embarking on the fashion space, that was a natural that was a natural evolution for a lot of us. You found your your tribe. You it came out of a very holistic and very natural place. And that's I, I if I were to have a commentary on what's going on right now, it's like all it, and in relations to influencers that you've mentioned a, a fair bit here in this conversation, the influencers just seems to be just plopped into place and they have all the garments and the, the, the Elan and whatever else you're supposed to have all manufactured right there in that perfectly captured moment. But that wasn't the case at all. It was much more evolutionary. Well, I, it, I feel like, well, first of all, the nightclub, the restaurant, and even the city streets, especially Soho, that was the runway. That's where, okay. That's where you gave your shows. You, you paraded that shit down Prince Street or down Broadway or Canal. You went, you know, you were out in front of this nightclub or that nightclub. That was where we were able to be fashionable. Now, being fashionable Great inside point. this little little square of your iPhone, first of all, it's annoying because then I got to go get my readers. I got to figure out what, you, what the fuck's going on. What the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> why when I hit this thing, why do all these names come up? Wait, you're selling this? So, it, you know, not fashion. Again. Uh, a business, yes, maybe, but not fashion, not fashionable, not even style that, you know, what I love on here is really when you can tell that someone's style is through the eye. And and that to me is a great thing. But, but imagine you are, here you go. Imagine you're 16 right now, 16 here in this world that we're in right now. You've been, now you're going to school on the computer, can't fucking go anywhere, can't do anything. How are you going to express yourself, especially those children that need to express themselves, that are stuck in households that are 
you know, laughing at their creativity or their sexuality or their or their friends or whatever. How where are you expressing yourself? Where where's your runway? And in saying that, that's why I think they're going to be that they're going to shift everything. They're going to figure out where their runway is, how they can express themselves. And and they don't give a shit about money or labels anymore. Thank God. The one thing I hope this thing ends is influencers and these stupid ass labels. There are too many sneaker companies, everybody. Too many. Right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody allow me to rant. (laughs) But in saying that, I listen, I respect everybody in every notch of this ladder that we're on together. But we have got to do some major changes in our attitude, not just about the value, but the, you know, finding the, the respect and the and giving time to nurture and, and hold people in a space that makes them feel good, makes them feel creative, makes them feel worthy. Because that's basically what stylists do. You know that, right? Yeah, the clothes are great. And I love fashion. I will talk about a dress till the fucking day I die. But at the end of the day, our job is to make people shine, to find their inner beauty, their inner sexuality, their inner vibe, and bring it out with the outfit that they are wearing and or dancing in and or on stage with. I I never was into personal styling because quite frankly, if you don't have personal style, there's nothing we can really do to help you. But what I am into is, is creating a vibration, look, a stage show through the art of fashion and costume. That is that is where I feel I uh, that's definitely in my tool set. And I want to encourage other young people to have that same exact feeling and love for what they do. I don't know if styling is really going to last that long because everybody thinks they're a stylist. But what I can tell you is there are not a lot of people that know how to hold some motherfucking space. And when you find that person that you can work with that makes you feel good, that is always going to have your back, that is going to make sure that hemline is serving, work with that person because there's nobody else. Well, we're going to have to pick up this personal stylist slash stylist conversation at, a, at another time. But as a personal <laughs> stylist, it's funny because exactly what you just outlined, that's exactly what I impart to my clientele. And while it may not be wholly authentic, it is still empowering so oh, i would no 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 i'm i'm talking i'm not about that i'm talking about personal stylists like you see in in a you know these kids like these kids running around in well they used to be running around in barney's i don't know where they're running around now <laughs> no, no no you are you are on another level jesus christ if i ever become a pop star you're the first person i'm calling you are so cute you're so sweet i love that okay let, i want to talk about we were talking about this sort of you know this this fashion audience and those you know, those fashion kids out there, you know, accessing, accessing the, the social media space to find their tribe. I have recently determined, I think this is a thesis that's been formulating over some period of time, though. I have determined that fashion comprises misfits that have essentially turned mean girls. Do you think that's an accurate sort of depiction of, 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 a, of a lot of the fashion makeup? That's interesting. You don't have to agree, but I no. I mean, there's that's. I mean, that's that's a thesis in itself. I think. (laughs) I think the unfortunate thing in any when you when you really get into like the psyche of what happens when your whole life is focused on making money and gaining status is you become very unhappy, and Mm -hmm. it's again not somewhere you can really base a lot of of your 
you, you can't put a lot of your essence into something like that. It, you'll, it, it'll, it'll burn you right up. I think the vampiristic, the vampiristic vibration of, of, of the business of fashion is it, it'll make you sick. It'll make you, it'll turn you into a mean girl. It'll turn you into a nervous girl, boy, nervous <clears throat> girl. What, and I think again, this is, and this is, you know, not just about fashion. It's also where we are, where we are within our own love of ourselves, sense of ourselves right now, 2020. And quite frankly, it must be for people that are not fully in their body and not fully present. This must be one of the hardest times ever. So, and, and having sympathy for that a little bit, I see, I see the struggle is real and what's even happening amongst uh, certain brands right now. And it's, this is, this is hard. It is really hard. And when you really love what you do and, and it cannot sustain, it's a hard, hard lesson. Take it from me. I, well, to, to, to that end, actually, I want to dive a little bit into the culture that has been created or the, just the fashion culture historically. You know, in this period of reckoning, it speaks to a lot of toxicity that has existed over a long period of time. You know, in many ways, I think we've all sort of played a role in that to some extent. Do you think you have contributed to any of the toxicity at a time where maybe you didn't know better in this industry, Lisa? I wouldn't say that I didn't know better, but I can tell you that I've had to say no to jobs that I was like, that is not going to happen. And most of it has been around it, 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 two things. I, I was never really into using a 13-year-old girl and sexual in, and, and using a, a young teen sexuality to sell products. So that's always been a little strange. I mean, look, I definitely am the stylist that came up with the no pants look. Everybody, like, we all know it. Thank you, Rihanna. I literally, and it was by accident. And then after a while, I was like, wow, everybody's not wearing pants suddenly. Hmm, what's that <laughs> message? It wasn't a message that day in Prague, but today I'm seeing it as, wow, a bunch of women with no pants on. So like, yes, I'm giving you a very, very funny view of something that I had to kind of reckon with, but I've had mm. to say no on, on many occasions. I've walked off set. I had a choreographer once try to explain that having sex with children was okay. I had to leave, you know, called my agent was like, well, done with that shoot. You know, so there's all kinds of stuff. And I've seen it, you know, more so than even fashion. I was in the nightclub business, as you might remember. So, yeah, I, I might be an authority on <laughs> inappropriate, inappropriate behavior. And, um, and you know, we're not going to get into my personal opinions around Me Too and all of that. But what I can say is we're in a time of reckoning. And that's why you got to get your shit right. And I'm not, and I'm not one of those people like you can't, there is no cancel culture. You can't cancel me. I know where you live. I'll show up. <laughs> just because you, you take me off your telephone. I don't know how you did it. I have to learn how, but just because you take me off my telephone doesn't mean I won't show up at your house. So there's like, we, we come from a different time. I don't think anybody deserves to be canceled. I don't care what they did. I think it's, we are all here to grow and learn from each other and our mistakes. and. And, uh, and isn't that a beautiful thing? Uh, it most certainly is. Now, switching gears here, tell me about your Tulum years. You're very early in a lot of things, and I heard that you were very early in that. Give us some insights. I, my Tulum years. Well, I'd gone to Tulum back in the 90s, and then 
Then somewhere in the early 2000s, I started to go and spend more time at Enrique Betalescu's house. And I just fell in love with Tulum. And I would say that was probably like 2002. Yeah. 2002 to 2011, I was there pretty consistently. And it, it is one of the most powerful pieces of land that there is. And mostly having to do with the fact that that ocean and that beach is this like, it, it's, it's magical, but it's also mine. So there's deep darkness and all kinds of vibes. And what I loved about it, it was, it was um, quiet and peaceful. And I haven't been back in a while. I think it would really break my heart. The amount of drugs and partying and uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's not, I don't need to go. I don't want to go to Mexico and see that. It's it, the American, the Americans just don't know how to, don't know. I don't know. Don't, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> okay. Well, but, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it that. Is, we'll- it is literally one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And back then there were so many, I met so many amazing people and had so many amazing evenings and, and, you know, for me, it was also a big part of my yoga practice. So back then it was really, it was a place to really disconnect, cut off and, and regroup. Super creative. Well, talk about changes, things, you know, things changing. When the creative output changes, how does life change specifically to, for you? I think, um, it's funny. It's, uh, when whew, I think when you are in a place where you feel well, for me, I love first of all, I'm a workaholic. I love working. I love being around people. I love, I love a sense of I love being in a group and I love working with partners. So I think for me, when when I feel like I'm tapping in or we're tapping in together and we're in that flow, whether it be creative or mostly it is creative, no matter what. But for me, that, that is the reason to be here. I think right now being sort of all of us being sort of separated, cut off, quarantine, staying at home, it's been very, very difficult. I also do not partake on I don't do any of the, what is it? The, the, the Skype meetings and the zoom meetings. And I don't, I'm not really attached to the computer. Like I don't, I don't have that ability. So it's been a bit lonely. And I realized that I, it, I, that stifles the creativity. I flow and work better around my community. Did I answer that question? Um, yeah, yeah, you did. You did answer that question. I, I, I actually was, it was a bit more leading into your healing work, however, that oh, I wanted to, oh, to oh. find a bit more about, like, I guess when, the, you know, a, a creative focus, one creative focus changes and it to something else. What does that feel like? I, it, I, I wanted that perspective. Actually. Oh, oh, well, I can tell you it, it's that uh, I guess I'm kind of infamous for it. I've had like 27 different jobs but they all flow in the same direction, which is that of, as I said earlier, holding space and allowing people to really, first of all, feel safe and then find themselves within our experience, whatever that might be. And that goes all the way back to being in the nightclub business and then, and definitely in fashion. And now I've stepped uh, pretty much in the last five years into a space of working with people on really going in and sitting with themselves and finding their true happiness. And I do that by facilitating, by facilitating breath work, 
psychedelic experiences and also working with people on their overall general womb health would be the right way of putting it. And so I've been doing that for the last five years and it's been been, uh, really, really, really interesting and amazing. And quite frankly, it almost feels exactly the same, except I don't have to carry around a bunch of clothes and then return them. But it's (laughs) it's literally the same amount of like love, care, and preparation and the same amount of joy uh, when you really see people shine in their own light. I, 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 and I, I agree, but it's also very interesting how many fashion players have reinvented themselves in a, in a similar space, whether it be a yogi, healing, a variety of meditation, but Reiki. There's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, the, if I can connect the dots or maybe you can help me connect the dots you know, as to why it does fashion leave you so bare <laughs> that you have to like leave and re sort of configure yourself again. Like what about this space that um, that sort of spills out some people and they have to go into a very reparative space in order to, to sort of get whole again? Or maybe that's a lot of projection on my part. I mean, I don't think that was my case. Mine was just weird. I just went and had a psychedelic experience Wolf told me to change my life. Like, I don't know. It was literally like that. So, uh, yeah, that white wolf was pretty clear on exactly what I needed to do. But I th- what I do believe is, look, we're also at a very different time. And I think through the last 20 to 30 years, yoga, meditation, it's we, as the world spins out faster and faster, a lot of people are aware of the fact that you have to get way more grounded, whatever that might mean or look like to you. For me, and for I think my tribe, my family, the people around me, we went deep into yoga practice. We went deep into, into in the last four to five years, deep, deep, deep into breath work. And so it's also, a, it's again, a new community to, to meet, grow, and flourish with. So it felt, it feels very similar to the last four times I completely switched my career. It's also timely, quite frankly. We're fucked up and we need, we need to help each other. And I can tell you right now, breath work, Reiki, I don't care if you have, you know, you're blowing mugwort up your poom poom. It is all <laughs> absolutely necessary right now. And because, you know, we are all deeply connected. So if you've got cancer, I've got cancer and we need, <laughs> and we need to figure this out quick. And, and like I said, um, I feel like what's happening right now is within our, you said, you know, a lot of people sort of having to reinvent themselves. I think we all have to heal and reinvent ourselves right now, whether you want to admit it or not. And I highly suggest that when, when you are trying to reinvent yourself, start first with getting to know yourself. Sage words. (laughs) No, you know, it's not just about changing, you know, it, it, you gotta let you gotta let go and let God basically. Okay. I, I no noted and noted. Mm-hmm. Now, when this story is written about this era, hmm. what should it say about you? That's a good question. I hope to God it says how funny and fantastic and sexy I am. I hope that it says that I, you know, I was greatly loved by everyone around me, which I think I am. I know that I am truly loved and people think I'm hilarious. And then I hope more than anything that in the next 20 to 30 years, as this world reinvents itself, mm-hmm. 
that what I'm doing and what I hope to be doing is going to make an impactful impression on everyone that knows me. And maybe even some of those that don't. Solid, sound. And what one, one area that I, I, I want to get into a little bit more before we sign off here, Lisa. You represented, by default even, uh, a, a part of a community, the Black community in this industry. It, wasn't, it, was, it, it was loose. It wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a formulation around the community per se. But at the end of the day, you have been a Black woman working in this industry. Now, we've spoken about the new generation, but speaking specifically to the new generation, let's call them the, the new Black vanguard, what's your impression of them and their sort of like holding the, the baton and taking that into this new chapter? I think there's so, wow, that, I mean, there's so much in the, in that one question. One thing I constantly have been saying, as you probably know, for 30 years is stop trying to sit at somebody else's table. Make your own table. Fuck it. Don't even have a table. Make it a, make it a lazy Susan, but stop <laughs> trying to sit at someone else's table, especially when they're, especially when they're doing everything they can to keep you from it. So in saying that, create your own world, your own reality, your own value, your own product, your own, and, and then share it with everyone that you love around you. And I think we're about to come into it. I mean, if I really want to get into it, as being one of the only Black women in fashion throughout the 80s and 90s and there and we all know each other and love each other one of the biggest parts of it was realizing that there were so many other colors involved and i you know i lived in india I, and when you really start to look at the fact that we are the majority and we can make up and be whatever we want you just have to form your own reality and be creative within it stop trying to get the approval of like other people that really don't give a shit and they're too busy running around. What did you say? Influencing each other. I don't care what those people think. Why do you? The Met Ball? You'd have to be an idiot to go there at this point. What for? <laughs> it's an embarrassment. It told, and, and I'm, I'm saying that from the true definition of fashion. Like, come on. And by the way, they used to be amazing. But the second industry and corporate and celebrity and blah, 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 blah. don't let people ruin your vibe keep the vibe high and you are you'll you know the truth will keep you bulletproof well you you have certainly spoke truth to power you have been a raconteur for the all the years that i've known you so i i i appreciate that and my final question would you say that your trajectory, your career trajectory for your white counterparts has been markedly different than, than your own? Of course. Are you kidding? Um, I, I, I lost so, I mean, I didn't get hired for so many things. I mean, and for what's funny is, you know, I really started like my first, one of my first jobs with Mary J. Blige, like I'm old school New York. If you know me, you know me. But when things started to go corporate in Hollywood, I was either too black for my white counterparts or I wasn't black enough for the black counterparts. And then, you know, I think I was, you know, I had a career. I worked a long time with Aerosmith. Like 
I really kept it all over the place on purpose because, because I could. And right. I recently gave an amazing stylist some information, uh, some advice. He was like, you know, I only get hired by black clients. I was like, hell fucking yeah. That's an honor. Like, I don't give a shit. What do you care what white, what, who the fuck gives a fuck? Love the one you're with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, as a result, as a result, you've ended up in different places. You would say than your your coterie of um, uh, your peers from that era, particularly your white your white peers specifically. Yeah, for sure. But at this, yeah, definitely, we all end up in a different place by our choices. But in, in that sense, I I think if I had been if I had been a white woman or a white gay man, I would have had a very different career. Probably not as much fun. No offense, because it's amazing to be black. But I definitely probably would have made more money. And on that note, Lisa, I mean, we could, we could please, I, I, you know, I formulated some questions for you, but I have a hundred other questions for you and we could have this conversation for another five hours. I'm telling you, Um, I'm down uh, for part two. You just let me know when. uh, Oh, and we may very well, we may very well have to do that, but I know that our audience will get a great sense from you from this conversation. And I definitely learned a lot more than I knew before, Lisa. So I thank you for your time. And for sure, I would love to revisit just like <laughs> this colorful career and life that you have lived. And certainly the wisdom that you can impart, particularly to this new gen, is priceless. Thank you so much. And I say this with the deepest and deepest part of my heart. I want to spend more time with you face to face touching each other. So let's make that happen. I look forward to that. And um, the next time I'm on the West Coast, I will absolutely ensure that that happens. Okay, good. Lisa, thank you so much for your time. I love you. Thank you so much. And and I love your show. It's amazing. Thank you. Bye, Bobby. Ciao. It's my time for some.